Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. The first reading is from the 38th chapter of Job. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you know so much, who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations and who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst from the womb and as I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness? For I locked it behind barred gates, limiting its shores. I said, this far and no farther will you come. Here your proud waves must stop. The second reading is from the sixth chapter of 2 Corinthians. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Oh, dear Corinthian friends, We have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. Here ends the reading. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats did follow. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. 
the disciples woke him shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind. He said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly, the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? You still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. They thought to themselves, Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Here ends our reading. So uh, this week our high school youth head off to Houston. I get to join them in this adventure, which is very exciting because um, I always like these kind of things because it's a new adventure. Some have never been to a youth gathering before. Some have never been on an airplane before. Some have never been this far from home. So it guarantees to be something new and something exciting for a good batch of you, to say the least. I'm excited because they've decided to take this adventure to explore and see what God might be up to when God puts together some 30,000 people in one city for work and for fellowship, for study, for service and worship. It's, it's beautiful. If you're not also curious about what God would do with that much of a resource, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's going to be exciting. And it reminds me of this story today about that spirit of adventure, the willingness to do something new, it makes me think of courage. In response to this good news Jesus means to share through us, through God's people, courage becomes very important. So today's story, in the middle of a great big storm on the sea, we have fishermen scared to death. Keep that in mind. You're thinking, oh, these, these disciples, like we're on Jesus' side, like what are you so afraid of? You got Jesus in the boat. But these are professional fishermen on the water in a storm who are going... Jesus, I really don't know if we're going to make it out of this one alive. So that's not a small dust-up. That is quite a storm they're experiencing. So what they do is they wake Jesus up, who's just sleeping, which is weird considering it's such a violent storm, and they're like, wake up, dude. Don't you care that we're dying? And he gets up, and what does Jesus do? He does the Jesus thing, just sorts it out, just fixes it, and then like kind of just like, what are you so afraid of? I like Jesus, and I bet you the disciples like him too, but I would imagine he's a very frustrating person to travel with. <laughs> like, think of that. What are you so afraid of? You're on a plane, and it's like, and it's over, and you're like, oh, it's almost like, what's the big deal? It's like, what do you think the big deal is, Jesus? We were in a storm, and it was scary. Okay? Sorry, I don't have the wisdom of infinite cosmos like you do. I'm sorry, I struggle with the idea of resurrection. I've never actually seen it. I know you talk about it all the time. He's a challenging person to travel with. It's so frustrating because at times he can just seem so out of touch. Like, he doesn't exist in our reality because he's the son of God. And that means he has a perspective I can't even hope to wrap my little noggin around. He's so dang different. At times, Jesus' faith, a faith, mind you, he asks us to imitate, doesn't seem to reflect the same concerns the same fears that I would imagine most normal, not Jesus people have. He's so optimistic. It's so like, here's real life, and then there's the Jesus way, which is great, and storms don't even matter, and drowning's not even to be afraid of, neither are stonings, neither are any pain or discomfort. It's going to be great. Need proof? Look at his other teachings he has, and how silly they sound to the people as they respond to him. He's like, love your enemy. And everyone's like, 
I guess, sure. I wouldn't say that's the natural response to my enemy. Or how about, welcome the stranger. Jesus, there's this little rhyme I don't know if you know about. It's called Stranger Danger. So that rhymes. That makes a lot of sense. And there's a reason it rhymes. It's because it's true. And I'm very afraid of danger because what if the stranger is actually an enemy in disguise? You didn't think about that, J-Man. You've never been tricked before, huh? Feed the hungry, right? Don't repay evil for evil. Cool. What do I repay evil with? Kindness? Like, how's evil going to take it when evil finds out I got no teeth at all and I'm not going to do anything about it? That's silly, Jesus. Feed the hungry. Care for the orphan. Care for the widow. Okay, sweet. But with what? For how long? There's not enough. We can't have everybody who asks us for help, can we? I mean, that's preposterous. This kind of Jesus faith, it sounds nice and all. I totally love the, the sentiment behind it. But this is the real world out there. Those waves are real. I know somebody who's drowned, they're thinking. This is real. Real life has real consequences. These are real issues. You ever hear something like that? You ever hear people talk like that when it comes to talking about faith and generosity and care for our neighbors? Like, yes. But again, it's, it's real life. Real dangers out there. I say it myself. And what happens is every time I hear that, every time I say that to myself, I pause in this moment of honesty and I'm convicted because I'm saying fear's real. That's real. That's the real concern. But isn't faith real? Jesus is real. You know that, right? Like, the empty tomb, that's real. That's very real. And as much as I can doubt Jesus' ability to do something, Jesus reminds me this faith thing in this story, this foolishness for those who are perishing. It's actually this foolishness that seems so far out and wild and disconnected from reality. It's actually the truth and the light. It is the actual way of the kingdom of God. And Jesus reminds us, and that's very real. It's very near as well. Which leads me to believe that if there is a single greatest adversity that we have to face as disciples of Jesus Christ, as bearers of the kingdom of God, it is fear. Fear. You know, it says, like, God says, don't be afraid in the Bible some 70-plus times. It's like if God's going to talk to you, the first thing God wants to do is put that on the table. Hey, before you freak out, don't be afraid. I know, before you lose your mind, before you get very terrified and run away from this experience, don't be afraid. Don't. But fear is real. I don't know how you switch that off. It's how we function. It's a survival instinct. To switch it off would be impossible and probably not a good idea. But what I would argue is the way God continually says, don't be afraid, it's always followed up by a, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be afraid for I have set in motion this. Don't be afraid for I have, it's always this like, don't be afraid, I I promise we're good. It could be more commonly said perhaps as, take courage. I get that you're afraid. I get it. However, don't let that fear keep you from hearing what I'm going to tell you. Don't let that fear keep you from this mission I have set you forth on. Don't let fear cause you to compromise your true, deepest belief and faith of 
who I am and what I'm going to do in this world through you. And that's really hard because in a culture of fear, what you buy, what you do, who you vote for, where you live, it's all greatly informed by what are you afraid of? What do you want to avoid? Because fear is so persistent, and I think Jesus knows that. And that's why God countless times says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Why keep saying if it wasn't very important? It's because God knows. God is acutely aware of that fear. Fear has this way of affecting how we live out our faith, how we live out this clear reflection of the kingdom, our values. God knows how fear will respond to the promises made by the kingdom of God. We've been listening to it for weeks. We hear it in political discourse. We heard about it in regard to immigration. We've seen some wild stuff because of fear. How do we know who to trust, we ask. How can we let this happen, another asks. Well, what about our enemies, another asks. Well, what about the rules, another asks. Well, what about the children? Well, what about the criminals? Well, what about the crime? Well, what about the mercy? What about our values? And we argue over and over, which one should we be most afraid of? Which one, if we lost, would be the absolute worst end of us? For our loss of safety? For our loss of values? For our loss of possessions? For our loss of identity? For our loss of? For our loss of? For our loss of? What are we going to lose? I'm just so scared. And we argue and argue, and this is how fear does its job. It brings an end to the actual practicing of our faith. Because what we find is all we're practicing is how to serve our fears. How to put them down. We relegate then fear to a real life concern. We relegate faith to a nice high-in-the-sky optimism when things are going good. In other words, when in doubt, serve your fear. When you're certain, when you're safe, when you're secure, when you're confident, when there is no storm, when there is no waves, then please serve the mission of God. Why not? Why not? That's how it works. It was expressed in an excerpt I read this week where they talk about this is how we thought, they thought they were free, it was called. It was this bigger read, but I can sum it up like this. Fear causes us to make these little adjustments, compromises with our faith. Hundreds of little steps, some of them imperceptible, but each of them preparing us not to be aware of the next, to be surprised or disturbed. I mean, compromise C is all right, because compromise B we had to do because I was so scared. So C is fine, why not D while we're at it? And one day you realize those values, those Things you believed governed your whole life. They don't really do that anymore. Because everything's changed. But it's changed in such a way that it happened right under your nose. Because the world you live in is not the world you were born into. But that's confusing because all the forms, they're still there. Forms are still untouched. Forms like our homes. Forms like our jobs, our shops, our family. Our mealtimes, our visits, our holidays, our religious traditions, even the church schedule. I still go to church every Sunday, we say. All the forms are there. But with fear, it's changed. The spirit, the living faith, the spirit that we've mistakenly connected to the forms, it's changed. And some days we find ourselves wondering... Is the world really governed by my sense of hope? Do I really believe 
that I should love my neighbor? Love of God, does that govern us? Or sometimes it's governed by fear or by distrust, even anger towards our enemies. And Jesus asks, what are you afraid of? Because Jesus is concerned. And he should be, because my answer, more and more, I'll admit, it's not having enough. My fear is of the stranger. My fear is of threats, being deceived. My fears are changes that I didn't initiate or ask for. My fear is of not being in charge or in control of my situation. My fear is any semblance of discomfort. My fear is a cross that allow cause me to sacrifice something I don't want to sacrifice. It feels like then I'm in a boat in the middle of a storm, and I know, I know, Jesus wants me to go across this sea, but I'm thinking, it's really looking dangerous out there today. Maybe not today. Truth be told, Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat anyways. I'm just afraid. So we compromise. I won't go today. (laughs) Does anyone else feel that way sometimes? When you're confronted with maybe the faith response is this, the faith response is this, but I don't know about today. I don't know about this situation because I'm afraid. We're a lot like the disciples, but I think the difference... Maybe, in what I'm confessing about myself and the disciples, is as simple as this. Taking courage is before making the compromise to, I'm not going to cross this sea today. Before abandoning the ship, abandoning the things I believe to be true about who God is and who I'm called to be, what if I woke Jesus up and said, help me? What if when I was convicted this way, I said, God, help me in my unbelief. Instead of going, he's sleeping, I'm going to go back, I'm leaving. What if I begged God, help me in my unbelief, help me, Jesus, to change this fear into courage? The good news is that Jesus is going anyways. He's not stopping. But he is asking us to follow. Courage is the hard work of asking what will rule our response, fear or faith. The waves, the wind, they are absolutely frightening, but the story is told. The promise is still secure. And what are we to say to the one who commands the wind and sea? Truly, I hope what we say I hope we ask God to give us courage to go where Jesus is going. Help us go with Jesus. Houston will be a change for some of you. There will be things that we're going to be like, we're going to do this, and you're going to go, oh, no, I don't want to. Oh, no, what are we going to have to do? Oh, my gosh, you know, someone's going to be like, well, we're going to talk with these people, and somebody's person, I was like, no, please don't make me do that, you know? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. There will be challenges. Definitely for you guys. But how about the rest of you who aren't wearing pink shirts? How about the rest of you? How will fear stir up in you? What fears will stir up in you this week that like you say, well, this is real life and faith is a different thing? What will do that? Because it will be challenging to respond in faith in those moments. 
Will it be challenging to respond with a sense of hope and promise and courage? Yes. But guess what? Christ is real too. And he is very much with us. He is as real as he ever has been. And the promise has not changed in this kingdom of God thing. It's real. It's very near. And to that, we say thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.